chapter 25, in which we meet Betruga. Send for, the voice was disbelieving. It came from behind me. It was my mother's voice. You did not send for our child? She emerged from behind the curtain. You've been away all these years. Her voice cracked a little and had a faint madness to it now. Away from us, away from your child, living here as some elven prince. All this time you send for things and you never once sent for us. Your family, how dare you lair? My father did not seem in the slightest troubled by my mother's accusation, nor did he seem remotely concerned by Handel and Manka following my mother out from behind the curtain. They call me Betruga now, Sharon, he said coldly. Betruga? My mother spat the name at him in disgust. Was your goblin name not good enough for the elves? You're pathetic. You're a traitor. You're, you're a coward. Her voice rose with every insult. Sharon? He replied as evenly as ever. I know I'm none of those things, but right now that is immaterial. You need to calm down. Calm down! My mother began to scream, but my father had cut her off before she had the chance. In a flash, he'd crossed the room impossibly quickly to hold his hand over her mouth. Yes, you need to calm down and keep your voice down, or the elves will hear you. You may think I am their prince but I assure you that I'll be powerless to stop them from harming you, from harming the child, should they find you all here. He paused before adding, Why have you come here? He frowned down at me emotionlessly. And why did you bring our child? When he took his hand away from my mother's mouth, she turned away from him and walked back to the entrance to the tunnel. They came to free you. It was Manka who spoke. Her hood for once was pulled down, and her eyes blazed with hatred as she stared at my father. Hello, Manka, my father replied emotionlessly. It's been quite a while. Not long enough, Manka replied, her voice strangely calm, and yet simultaneously boiling with rage. My father poured a golden liquid from a decanter into a small tumbler on the table in the middle of the room. A table that I noticed now was covered in grains of a fine black powder. Looking around, I saw black powder seemed to cover every surface. Whatever my father had been doing here, this black powder must surely be at the heart of it. Would anyone care for a drink? My father frowned as Handown shrugged and took a glass from him. And who are you? Handown, Handown replied in his usual gruff voice. Have you kept my child safe? Handown shrugged before nodding at Manka. I haven't done as much as she has. Thank you. My father nodded at Handown, ignoring Manka entirely. But I still don't know why you have come. Sharon, please stop this nonsense. You must talk to me at some point. Why are you here? Why have you come? Why didn't you stay in Ruro? Something snapped inside me to hear my father speak so rudely to my mother. He had no right. He had no right to speak to her like that. Like it had before, I felt the light start to well up inside me. It was just about to burst from me, but I forced it back down. I didn't want my mother to see it like this. It should be a joyful moment when she saw that I could conjure light for the first time. I forced the light back down within myself and chose violence. I threw myself at him, punching, kicking and scratching. Stay in Ruro, kick. Stay in Ruro, scratch. Your friends have Ruro now, punch. The elves have Ruro, slap. They drove us out, kick. They drove us out like rodents, scratch. We needed you, punch. 
We needed you, slap, and you were here, kick, living as the prince of the elves, scratch. We need you now, punch. That's why we came, slap. We need you to help us to save Ruro, kick. Exhausted from all the punching, slapping, kicking and scratching, I collapsed onto the floor, sobbing with my chest heaving. There was a sudden noise outside the door, the noise of feet on metal steps. I warned you about the noise, my father said quietly. There was a knock at the door. Is everything all right, Petruga? The voice was respectful, reverential even. My father went to the door and opened it a crack, making sure his body blocked us all from view. Everything is fine, he replied quietly before closing the door and turning back to us. Will you please keep your voices down? He sat down at the table opposite Handown and stared at his goggles with only one lens. What happened to your glasses? We fell off a waterfall, Handown replied, pouring himself another drink as he spoke. My father shrugged. That would do it. I couldn't believe it. I had told him we needed his help to save Rouro, and he'd completely ignored me and was more interested in Handown's glasses. Mother was still turned away, staring at the tunnel. Manka, I noticed, was watching her intently from across the room. If my father was to be convinced, then it would be down to me. Breathing deeply, I walked to the table and sat next to him. Father, I whispered, our home. The elves have it now. We need to go back. You are the only person who can fix it. He turned and looked at me, and for a moment I thought I was looking at my father. My child, I tried to save Ruro twice before, and Ruro was not interested in being saved. And even if I wanted to return to that thankless town, the elves of Navarsen would refuse to let me go. I may, as your mother insists on saying, be their prince. But if I am a prince, I am a prince in chains. He looked at me for a moment. You may not believe it, but I am sorry. He paused again and took another drink. I am pleased to see you again, though, little one. Come. He went to put his arm around me, but I jerked away involuntarily. Tell me, before you go back through that tunnel, tell me how you got here. Exhausted, broken, beaten, and too tired to argue, I decided to do as he asked and tell him the story. Although, as it would turn out, I wasn't destined to get very far. <laughs>